Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dudes Who Like Movies, a movie-talking podcast. Yeah, that sounds pretty self-explanatory. Uh, my name is Dan, and with me is my good buddy, Alec. Yes, sir. Yep. Today, we are on week two of Thanksgiving, and it's our month dedicated to Tom Hanks because, yeah, he's America's dad. It's all about family for November, and we couldn't think of anything else to do. So <laughs> that's that's kind of our thing this month is is... Thanksgiving. So last week we talked about our top 10 Tom Hanks performances. And this week we're going to talk about his first movie that he directed came out in 1996 called that thing you do, which yeah, I think he's only directed like two movies or something. And this is like the first one. I know this is the first one he ever directed, mm. but yeah. So that thing you do, it's a movie set in the 60s. It's about a band in Erie, Pennsylvania who strike it big with a hit in America and that's, I mean, can you explain the story like without going into details a little bit more? I mean, is there anything else I should really say about the basic synopsis? They're from a small, they're from a small town in Pennsylvania and they recruit a drummer uh, after a specific incident who turns out to lead them on the path to success and fame but there's also some trials and tribulations throughout yeah that's that's a pretty good explanation of it so our main character is a a guy named guy patterson who works in his dad's appliance appliance store which is in the 60s so it's like hey buy this clock radio look at this tube tv look at this antenna on the tv i'm like fun yeah no my god it was real painful looking at that in the beginning I need to buy a record needle. I'm like, <laughs> we have iPods. and no, we don't even have iPods anymore. We have Spotify. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we don't even have half the stuff we used to. Ooh, I mean, you probably still can't get an iPod somewhere, though. Let's be real. But anyway. But So, yeah. He works in his dad's appliance store, and he plays drums. He really likes jazz music, specifically a jazz musician named Del Patterson, right? Del Patterson? Yeah, or, no, not Del- Patterson. Del something. Paxton. Del Paxton. That's Del it. Paxton. Thank you. And there's some friends of his. They're in a group. Their drummer, played by a young Giovanni Ribisi, I think his name is. He was in Friends, and he was also in Ted. Remember the guy who wanted Ted? That was him? Yeah, that was him. I never would have guessed. This was even before he was on Friends, so he's really young looking there. But anyway... Giovanni Ribisi breaks his arm, so they need, hey, we need a drummer to come play this show with us tonight, because if we win, it's like a talent show thing, whatever. Mm. We get 100 bucks, so guy's like, sure, I'll come in. So you see them practicing a song, and it's super slow, and then when they play the song at the dance, guy decides to bring the tempo up a little bit, and the audience really likes it. So the song's called That Thing You Do. They get a couple gigs around Erie. Then they get picked up by a man. Well, so actually they make a record. So they record their song. And they sell it at the, the uh, Giovanni's, which is like that, that pizza store or that pizza shop bar, whatever that was outside the airport. Mm-hmm. And then after these people were like, oh, can you sell a record? And they started selling it for like a buck a piece, which my God, a dollar a record. Can't well, imagine. Back in the 60s, that was probably adequate. That was kind I don't- of expensive. I think albums themselves sold for like five bucks back in the sixties. I don't know, but Lord, imagine that nowadays. That was, but anyway, yeah. 
we're not here to talk about inflation, but <laughs> but anyway, so then after they start selling them, that weird creepy fan, I know I've seen that guy before. And a lot of I, I looked at him on IMDb, I just can't think of what I've seen him in, but they right. basically they get there's a guy who attracts them or he he's a manager, so he signs them and gets them on the radio and he gets them to play a show in Pittsburgh. That's where they meet Tom Hanks, who becomes their new manager, and he works for Playtone. I don't know if that was a real label or not. It probably was. Playtone did not exist. No? Okay, cool. So then they get put on the Playtone label, and they get put on this tour to go play a bunch of shows all around the United States. And then their song, That Thing You Do, becomes so big that they are sent to L.A. to go be on... The Hollywood Showcase something TV thing. Yeah, not the Hollywood Showcase, but they were but they were originally called because they wanted to be called the Wonders, like W uh, O instead of W O N, it's O N E dash Ders. Everyone kept calling them the Onetters. The Oneters, yeah. For some reason, even though you know damn well there was a dash there, but still, I guess people in the '60s couldn't read. And then when they finally go on to the Hollywood show. Or no, they the Pittsburgh show, excuse me. They become the actual the wonders. Yeah, once they get Tom Hanks, he's like, We're gonna switch it up because it's too confusing. So, yeah. But that's kinda the, the when they get to LA, you know, the movie's been out for twenty five years. We're gonna talk about the plot. But I do recommend people check it out. So if you don't want to be spoiled, from here on out, we're gonna talk about spoilers. But they get to LA and there's some turmoil with the band, and basically the band breaks up. And guys, they're like, what am I going to do? He actually meets up with Del Paxton. And long story short, he ends up jamming with him. And Del's like, hey, stick around. Be my drummer or whatever. And so he becomes a session musician. Which would you say also that it was foreshadowing? They're the wonders. And the whole um, saying is a one-hit wonder. I think that was probably intentional. I don't know. because I think... The, the point of making this movie, I think Tom Hanks wanted to capture the music of the 60s, but I also think a, one of the big things the movie's about, which, I mean, this isn't a thing of me thinking of it, this is the truth, it is about a band getting a one-hit wonder and kind of the effects of that, like how it affects them later on. And, well, not even later on, but just kind of what that entails. So I'm thinking, I, you know, one-hit wonder, the wonders, so I, I think that was intentional. Yeah, because I mean, a lot, and also, like, it just kind of, when you listen to that kind of, like, that music, he wanted, like, you know, he's like, give me something snappy. You know, you don't really, for a 60s movie, it really got that feel down to, like, that 60s sound, that, you know, that post-Buddy Holly real music right there. Which I wonder if, because he worked with Robert Zemeckis on a couple movies, I know he did Forrest Gump and Castaway, I think Polar Express, but anyway. He was in a few movies with Robert Zemeckis as the director, and Robert Zemeckis, he's made a bunch of movies about the 50s, so I think maybe he kind of got some advice from him how to capture that time period of the 60s. I don't know, but that's just speculation. But, you know, Tom Hanks, give us a call and tell if that was the truth or not. Anyway. The dialogue, too. Like, with the dad, oh, how many people saw the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show, blah, 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 like that kind of thing. Well, which, apparently the movie takes place in 64, and that's when the Beatles were on. Ed Sullivan was in, I think it was 64. It, it, it was 64. Yeah, so there's a little bit of inconsistencies, but we forgive it for that. Mm. But, so the characters. We got our main character, Guy. 
he he's a he's a chill guy he's a really talented musician he doesn't really like he's kind of just living and then and we'll talk about this a little later with character development but he just kind of gets in the band and he makes it better and he's just yeah, all about the music you know he, he just loves making music he has a girlfriend that doesn't work out he doesn't really seem affected by it and then you know yeah i feel like the, the whole thing with his girlfriend tina was just like filler you know what i mean yeah that i mean no reason for us to like see them at the show and then see her fall for her dentist yeah i feel like they should have added something with him reacting to that which there is a director's cut out there i probably should watch that see if they added that because apparently it adds like an extra half hour of footage but Mm -hmm. at any rate i i like the actor's name is tom everett scott i believe he's really good in the role he just you know he gives that optimism and kind of whimsical just like oh yeah this is happening around me kind of thing and he takes it seriously like one of the things i talk about him in the movie is oh he's the smart guy you buy that you know he's like you get that right away yeah like i'm gonna talk to my band about this i'm not signing anything yet and he's he is the backbone of the band you get that feeling which is funny because they did if had that guy uh not broken his arm they never would have gotten him exactly which i mean you know Faye later in the movie, Liv Tyler goes, you know, this wouldn't have happened if you hadn't joined the band. So, but, which brings me to, so we'll talk about Faye in a minute because young Liv Tyler, this was like her first or second movie or something like that. But anyway, we get to, who do we want to talk about? I guess there's Steve Zahn. He plays the guitar player, Lenny, I think his name is. Yeah, Lenny, there's Lenny. And I want to say the, the, uh, the bassist. He doesn't have a name. I thought it was Richie. I, if there if it was, I don't know. But if I looked on Wikipedia and, and IMDb. He, he doesn't have a name. Oh, uh, I think it's Richie. He's the one that joins the Marine Corps. Yeah, uh, but though so, Jeremy, the singer. So, yeah, Lenny. He's kind of just like the wild party guy who just wants to meet chicks, and you know, he does play his instrument really good. He takes it seriously, but he does like at the end of the movie, he just leaves to go to Vegas and get hitched. Who was he played by again? Steve Zahn. Where have I swear to God I have seen that face in multiple he movies? He was in Daddy Daycare, Zahara, I think Sahara, Sahara. Mm. He's been in a couple things. I I figured I I knew I had seen his face. Well, anyway, he he's kind of the funny guy, and mm. then the bass player. He doesn't really have a name, or if he does, they don't say it in the movie. He just is the bass player. I think the kind of joke was that the bass player gets overlooked a lot. I guess, but. And yeah, he's just more, he kind of just is there. And then for some reason he joins the Marines, which there's not really any build up to him wanting to do that. But yeah, they, they kind of just threw that in there. Like, I think when they eventually got to sign with Playtone and it, uh, his name is Richie in the movie and he's, he goes and they're in the, because I swear to God, he doesn't have a name, but go ahead. I, I, I swear it was Richie, but when they were, I remember they were sitting in the dressing room. And then they were like, um, oh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Tom Hanks is in there. And he says something to him. And then he goes, oh, just want to let you know, in six months, I'll be joining the United States Marine Corps. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll replace you then after in six months. And he's like, Semper Fi. You know, yeah, not, I'm going to send you this link. His name is not uh, Rishi. It's, it's, he just doesn't have any, he, like, the actor joked his name was Tobias because TB player, so take away they, the vowels. They called him something in the movie. Wait, hold on. 
Oh, crap. Hold on. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. So we looked it up. He doesn't have a name. For some reason, Alec thinks that they named him something, but Wikipedia and IMDb say TB player, the Wonders bass player. Anyway, to, to move forward. And then we and got Jimmy, who is the singer-songwriter. He's basically the, the, the guy that formed the band. Yeah, the front runner. Or the front man, excuse me. So, and his character, I guess, besides Guy, is given the most... Oh, no, I don't... He, he doesn't get that much... They're all given equally, but like, yeah. I feel like they gave more to Lenny than they did with Jimmy. Maybe, but Jimmy, they portray him as the you know the talent, as as Tom Hanks' his character calls him. But from the beginning of the movie, okay, so let me let me rephrase that. At the end of the movie, he breaks up with Faye, played by Liv Tyler, who's his girlfriend over a message when they're playing the Hollywood show because it's like, you know, something like, watch out, ladies. He, this guy's engaged. Yeah, watch out, ladies. This guy's engaged. And it pisses him off, and he angrily breaks up with Liv Tyler. And, he bit, like, during the movie, too, he, he stops hanging out with Liv Tyler to go hang out with the other main musician lady. I don't know her name. In the During the, the, the tour. But anyway... So they kind of built him up, to his character, to kind of be the, the jerk, kind of the dick, like the guy who's like, I'm the talent. We do what I want, which they do bring that up later in the movie when they're in the recording studio. He's like, we're doing my song. I'm not going to do anything else. And Even though it was weird, because throughout the whole movie, you see kind of like hints of it, but they never really, you don't know that it's going to happen. Where he's like, oh, I think we should, he's hesitant on the contracts. He's like, Oh, he was embarrassed and angered his first show. But the thing that got me was, like, the whole thing where it's like, watch out, lady. He exploded. He was so angry. And I was just like, dude, it could have – Tom Hanks could have said, you know, I said that. Or anybody could have said that. Even she's like, I didn't put that out there. But instead, he just gets, like, so – like, and also, he was dating her for two and a half years. So, like, the fact he got so angry about that, like, just kind of threw me a bit. Because he was like, I should have broke up with you in Pittsburgh, blah, 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 blah. And everyone was looking at him like, dude, what is your issue? Like, no one understood why he was so pissed. And I didn't understand why he was so pissed. Yeah, he just kind of, I got that, I got that he was a jerk from the beginning of the movie. Because, like, he kind of yells at Guy for, for, I mean, as the song is playing, tells him to, you know, slow down. Well, but yeah, but, I, but that, that's understandable because he didn't know that Guy was going to do that. And he's like, yo, what are you doing? Yeah. And then he didn't play it. And then when it sold, he was more cool with it. Yeah. Well, anyway, so he does that. Jimmy's kind of like the talent. And then we get to Faye, who is Jimmy's girlfriend, played by a young Liv Tyler. I think this is one of her first movies. I'm not going to look it up. But, yeah, they build up their relationship as, oh, they've been together forever. And she's kind of the group's just, like, best friend. Not really, like, they don't call her, like – a groupie or anything because like they never give that impression like i'm not saying that like the movie wants you to make makes you think that it's just you know a lot of the times in movies when the girls hang out with the guys it's a lot of times like a groupie or an obsessed fan or something like that no she's just has been there since the beginning and she supports the band i guess is kind of the best way to put it she helps them come up with the name the wonders and then so like i said towards the end of the movie 
Jimmy breaks up with her because of that whole thing that I think Tom Hanks is the one who did it. And he, he hints at it that he said, you know, oh, yeah, I put it up. He didn't specifically say I put it up there that you were engaged, but he, he implied it. But anyway, mm. so he breaks up with, with Faye and she's going to leave. And then at the end of the movie, her and Guy get together, which I like that idea, but there wasn't a lot of character development towards that, you know? I mean, I, I think there was because, I mean, he, he was always hanging out with her. When she got sick on the plane, when they, she was being held back by the police when they were leaving the show in Pittsburgh, um, he was like, yo, 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 she's with us, she's with us. He's the only one that went back for her. I think they were doing subtle hints at it. Well, I like, wish there was a little bit more overt hints, but I, I mean, because those could just be construed as being friendly, you know, like being, oh, hey, you're my friend. Cause, yeah, I suppose, but then also you, you have to think, too, when Tom Hanks was asking about her and Jimmy's relationship, too. He 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 kind of he kind of had like an idea like they weren't meant to be together, mm-hmm. you know. Kind of going back to Jimmy being a jerk. He didn't go back for Faye. Guy did. Yeah. When she was sick, he he never helped. He never took care of her. He Guy was more mad that she got him sick. So. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But yeah, you know, she she. It wasn't like a generic female character in the movie. She was interesting, I guess. Yeah, she had a personality. Yeah, she was she was kind of bubbly, and she was just supportive and just liked being around them, and was kind of just helping them, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and then we get Tom Hanks, who's like the playtone. He's the guy. He's their manager. He helps them out. He's just kind of the, I guess, the voice of reason. I guess you would say, and he's the guy telling them what to do. Yeah, he's he's kind of like the the. the... He's that. He's that. He's a bit of comic relief. Like he he has some funny moments, like when they're on the plane and he's, he's like, Lenny, I'm going to get some sleep. And he starts to open up a thing of peanuts. He's like, you know, how about you go talk to the pilots? He was a cockpit. You know, he has some like, you know, genuinely funny moments. He, he's kind of like a jack of all trades, I guess. In that. And I also, is. I like that scene where they're playing that one song and he just kind of like does eh. like he goes with the music when the, when the beat drops or something. Mm. So that was just a small touch. I like, but yeah, those are the characters. That's the story. Again, at the end of the movie, Jimmy and Faye break up. So Guy and Jim and Faye get together. Not Guy and Jimmy get together. Um, Guy and Faye get together. My, one of my big criticisms with this movie is the lack of character development and setting things up. Because, like I said, they didn't really, at least in my opinion, give too much of a hint that Jimmy and Faye liked each other because... There could have been some flirts here and there, but other. Like, I just think that what was in the movie could have been construed as just being friendly. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I. It was a little awkward because she was like, "Oh, that's my boyfriend," and it's like you, you, Tina, the the girlfriend of Guy, for a little bit in the movie, she had no idea. Like yeah. she was like, "Oh, okay," she was like weirded out because like they didn't really portray a. Uh, couple they more were like best buddies maybe they were constrained for time limits i just feel like because i do like this movie a whole lot and i'm not saying it's bad i just think there could have been a little bit more character development in certain aspects of it you know what i mean mm. I don't like, exactly. i kind of felt like tina the character played by a young charlie theron by the way a lot of young actors in this movie but i kind of felt her character was a little unnecessary because she dates guy and then they break up and that's the end of it Yep, it, you see her at the first show, 
You see Guy kiss her at the second one. You see her getting her hair done, uh, talking to Guy on the phone. And then she goes to her dentist's office. She sees her buff dentist, and her eyes just, like, lock with him. And she's like, oh, my God. Like, you, you well, I shouldn't say anything, but you could see, like, you know, when you lock eyes with someone, and it's yeah. like you're pulling for them immediately. Love it, first sight, whatever. And the dentist like, can I help you? And, and that it, it's just like she fell in love with the dentist. Doesn't even explain if he even got with her. Just says she fell in love with him. Yeah, I, I think Faye said like she left him for her dentist or something. But it's just but, a guy doesn't react to it, and you don't even see them break up. So it's kind of just like, what was the point for character? Like, yeah, she she broke up with me for the dentist, whatever. You know, it's like, dude, you just got dumped, and he's just like nonchalantly going about his his life. And I think that whole 15, uh, 20 minutes of screen time she got was unnecessary, as as you had said. Yeah, I mean. Story. It didn't, like, break Guy's heart to where he was like, you know what? I'm going to be a better musician. I'm going to try and win her back. Uh, I'm going to do it. It never happened. I could there totally see Guy being distraught by it and affects his performance of Faye tries to comfort him. That could have helped a little bit. But. Yeah, like like, like the 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 uh, what was that show the, the one where they the they messed up real bad. I can't I can't remember if that was. It was in Pittsburgh. That was right before they met Tom Hanks. Okay, so yeah, that was. So yeah, that would have made more sense for him to be distraught. That happened around that time. He would have been like, I I can't do this. You know, that would have made more sense. Yeah, but that's just you know I I felt like and even again when we come back to the bass player just leaving for the army for no reason. It's like. Well, I mean, you see him walk into the military thing, and I guess he just wanted to be in uniform, I guess, because you look at him, and he's, like, really trying – he he likes the uniforms, and he comes out dressed in the uniform. He's all like, oh, yeah, look at me. But other than that, he doesn't really have a reason to want to do that, you know? He comes out of military surplus, and then suddenly he he goes from, oh, man, you know what? I want to go into this military surplus store, too. I'm going to join the uh, Marine Corps. Like, there was just a jump from that to that. Like, it's zero to 100. Exactly. Hold on one sec. I turned my camera off because my allergies are acting up. So, yeah, talk about that for a second. Yeah, mine too. God bless. Ugh. Anyway, so it, it, the whole thing with, with these characters in this movie was they went to, like, these weird extremes. Like, Jimmy went from, you know, being the – the nice dude, kind of, at the beginning, being a little hesitant on the contracts, just being a full-blown dick, no real, um, uh, what do you want to call it, development in that area, I guess, if you want to call it that, in that area. And then you have the bass player, who went, like I was, like I literally just said, from the military surplus store we see him when they find out, oh my God, we're on the radio, because Faye comes and she calls him on this little walkie talk I was thing. looking at their old headphones and being like good lord oh yeah my goodness and then she go that he go he goes from that to the military and then you see Lenny who the whole movie the whole movie he's just trying to get laid basically that was his that was his character development right there was, I feel like because this was Tom Hanks's first movie that he wrote and directed Mm. that's probably he could be forgiven for the lack of character development a little bit but i suppose and then you had guy who he was a little 
he was the wild card, I think, with, with what his character wanted. Like we know that he wanted to be on the to be on the radio after you know he got joined the band because he was a bass player. He was hesitant to joining it. He was more of like into his. Being the drummer, right? You called he, him the bass player. He was the drummer. What? No, you called him the bass player. He's the drummer. Oh, I did. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, he didn't really want to join the band until he was convinced to, and then when he joins and he starts drumming, um. The people there were like, oh, my God, you're really, really good. And then they started playing the gigs. And then, of course, Tina leaves him. And then they continue to get bigger and bigger until they get to the Hollywood project, the Hollywood Access show. And then after, my God. And after that, it just goes pretty much sideways, I guess, for him. Mm -hmm. Because he really doesn't. He, he's, he's probably the most talented musician of the group and he knows what he wants and he's excited to go along with it and then it comes to a crash and they kind of foreshadow that because he, he doesn't really know what he wants though because remember he after the band broke up because jimmy was being you know himself whether he totally got into that fight and he's like we're doing what i want and then tom hanks said no you're under contract if i say i want a snappy song make it snappy and he was like no and he quit. then he, he quit. He broke the band up. And then he started jamming uh, af- with uh, with uh, God, I Guy was jamming with Del Paxton. Del Paxton, that was his name. Thank you. He was jamming with Del Paxton. And then he's like, well, Del said I'd probably make it as a drummer out here in L.A. And, I mean, his, his direction wasn't really, you know, there, I think, until I- – I have to disagree with you just because I think his motivation was he just wanted to play music. And, you know, he, well, he, he said at the end he was, what am I going to do? I, I, you know, I still am in a band who, and we have a number one hit single. I just want to play music, you know, and, and what am I going to do with my life now? I don't want to go back to the appliance store. He doesn't say that, but you get that feeling. He's like, I don't want to go back to the appliance store. And yeah, I just like to see that. Which kind of brings me to my point about the movie as a whole the characters are serviceable. It's more of just kind of seeing that time period and seeing the whole one hit wonder thing that was very common in the sixties. You know what I mean? Like, and what really works, cause I feel like what we've been talking about this far is like, Oh, this movie has a lot of problems. The reason we like it so much is because the characters are simplistic, but they're likable. The music is really good and the story is easy to follow. It's got a lot of heart and humor. It's a very ni- mid-90s feel-good family movie. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say it was a family movie, but, like, I mean, so, look, I'm a, I'm a musician. I'm a sucker for movies about music. So that kind of – I have listened to the soundtrack a lot. I like the songs that the Wonders – it actually <laughs> – I tell you the story? So what got me to watch this movie for the first time was I was with my wife. We were in Disney Springs down in Florida, and we have, we're having our anniversary dinner, and I go to the bathroom, and the song, That Thing You Do, comes on. I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. Is this that song from that movie that I've heard about? I looked it up. Yes, it was. I shazammed it. And I went home later that day, or, yeah, I think it was later. That, and we just I watched it on YouTube TV on my phone, and I'm like, this is really good. So you can, you can thank me going to the bathroom for, for showing you that movie. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm sorry, I feel like I cut you off. You're talking about the characters, but no, 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 no. You're fine. No, you're fine. 
Um, but yeah, I th- I feel like with, with Guy, his was a little over the place. Like you could tell. Well, I guess the bass player he was a little off too. But I feel with everybody else, they had you could see where they were gonna go at some point if it was like like with jimmy as soon as the whole hollywood thing came out and he blew up at bay you could just tell all right he's gonna he's gonna be on some some messed up stuff right here he's gonna do something stupid he's gonna break the band up just because he's being a complete prick about nothing mm-hmm. and that with lenny he meets that girl and usually and his whole thing is like oh we're going on a date we're gonna do this it's like oh god they're gonna do something stupid of course they can do something stupid um <laughs> because you remember at the end he does become single and then the bass player he was like surplus store to service but then in the end you find out oh yeah he served in vietnam he got a purple heart all right cool that was his life but you didn't really get that though i guess from watching what his actions led him up to because it was out of nowhere he just told tom hanks i'm joining the military in six months guy his is just all over the place because he started the appliance store then he gets asked to join the band and then he has some success and then you know he tells his parents and they're like oh this is stupid you're never going to go anywhere and then of course he makes it big relatively speaking and then after it all falls apart he just kind of is there he's like you know what Dell said I could make it as a drummer, and then that was it. Well, I'll tell you what I, I kind of bouncing off what you said. I feel like again the whole point of this movie was to show how one hit wonders affect people because they say in the movie we've only been together for like what two months I think he says, and the thing is with bands nowadays, and I can tell you as someone who has experienced this, it's hard to you know get as big as they did in such little time because of all the internet nowadays and. you know the market is oversaturated whereas back in the 60s you didn't have the internet and you didn't have these things where you could you know just google you know new music so you kind of were at the mercy of radio and for every you know when it comes to music like you know for every hip-hop there's like a million little dirks there's a million fushisties when it comes to rock and roll on soundcloud you're gonna find some 16 year old who thinks he's gonna be the next eminem yeah, yeah. You, you find that kind of crap yeah. it's everywhere because you know for every one little Eminem there's another Three Days Grace there's another Guns N' Roses wannabe group there's all that you can find that on SoundCloud Instagram hell even TikTok you can find that kind of crap yeah so it's a contrast to the 60s where so like okay what I was going to try to say was bands nowadays at least in my experience and I think this this point is made in the movie too if you're only together for a short amount of time, things are bound to happen. You know, you're going to, you know, people are going to lose interest, i.e. the bass player going to the Marines and Lenny going to get married in, in Vegas. And then you're going to have clashing of egos, which is even Jimmy. Though for the, they, they were together two months too long. Yeah. So like he, you know, things happen. And the reason they were a one hit wonder is because they got so big so quickly because back in the 60s there wasn't that distribution that we have nowadays so they had a hit that people liked so it's like okay go 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 whereas nowadays you can have a hit song but it's hard to find a needle in a haystack you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i feel like that movie is a good contrast to here and now even kind of back like in the 90s when it was made 
there was more just like MTV was a thing. You know, you could, like smaller bands could get big on MTV and whatever yeah. showcases. But anyway, so the movie does a really good job of kind of just showing the one hit wonder aspect of music. And I and like I said, the band breaks up after two months, which I've been in bands that have only, you know, we've lost members after a short while. And I've been in bands where I left the band after a short while. And yeah, it's, it's just, I think it's a good, it's a good showcase of what musicians actually go through, which I think I really, that's why I resonate with the movie so much or the movie resonates so much with me. Yeah. It's, it's also not that, um, what do I want to say? It's not something that's uncommon. And then I think that's one reason why he kind of went with that angle. Because, you know, for every Wonders band, there's another one ready to follow right behind him. And, and like, what? Oh, sorry. Finish what you're saying, but I have another point to make. Oh, no. Make your point. Make your point. I like how at the end of the movie, he becomes a studio musician because by chance, you know, I mean, it isn't just like anybody can do this, but he does jam with his favorite musician and the musician's like hey you're good enough to do this do you want to be a studio musician or studio jam you know a session drummer so he's not like fully in a band but he's kind of just playing you know whoever needs him which you can make money doing that so mm. i like how the movie kind of you know shows not only the one hit wonder aspect but it also says like you know if you like what you do there's other ways of achieving your dreams you know which again mm. i like that message so i can dig that because I feel like kids nowadays all want to be the next, you know, God, who's even a, they want to be the next Nicki Minaj, well, not even Nicki Minaj, the next Cardi B or the next Travis Scott or something, you know, it's like. They want to be these, these giant hip hop artists, you know, they're, but the thing is though, when, for, you know, there's these Travis Scott's, Cardi's, Kanye's, Dirk's, that these people all are still everyone. For everyone and, that makes it, there's like a hundred thousand who don't, you know, exactly, or even millions. So, yeah, because like, I mean, everybody wants to be famous. I mean, unfortunately, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. I, like I said, I think the movie resonates with me so much because I like music, and it really does kind of get that time period down, and it's got good music in it, in my opinion. I mean, as somebody, I mean, did you like the music? I, I did because I mean, I, I like a lot of that that old style rock and roll and i mean I, and also i i feel like when when i was listening to it it reminded me that you know at, at the when i say post buddy holly because when buddy holly died he, what died with him was like that age of like uh innocence you know 50s music you know that like bopping music you know big yeah. bopping rock music yeah. Yeah, that kind of like you know snappy upbeat you know optimistic music because after that the in the years following it kind of like devolved into what the rock and roll we got in the 70s or the late 60s 70s and 80s you know the you know drugs and alcohol and you know all that kind of stuff that's synonymous with it today uh, and just seeing that kind of music uh before it started you know without that snappy upbeat yeah. I, it, really, it really was enjoyable to listen to that's a good point yeah because it's a, it's a long it's a far cry from like a movie called, like the doors which is all about drugs and yeah, Jim yeah exactly. personal inner demons and uh, just like other other bands like that or it's all about like even like wasn't there a sid vicious movie or something not that i'm aware of i can't think of one 
Well, anyway, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of musician movies like Straight Outta Compton has to do with police brutality, racial inequality, as well as, you know, Easy e and all their personal problems with each other. Like, you know, and then they bring in uh, Suge Knight, who's actually, uh, he's in prison now. And um, He's in prison for the rest of his life. Yeah. And not to say I don't love Straight Outta Compton. I think Straight Outta Compton's a great movie. It's just coming back to your point this is a nice enjoyable movie that doesn't really it's about the music more than it is about the inner turmoil yeah it it makes it it shows that um a little bit where you can see that the band when it falls apart uh during the uh during the fall after the fall but it, it doesn't um bring that to the forefront it brings more you know, listen to the music, you're listening to the song. Hell, they even have a little bit of the other guys uh, at these shows when they're singing their sets. It, it just kind of pro, and then also the colors, the sets, the the clothing, it just gives you that 60s feel to it. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, I remember Walk Hard when it's like... Oh, God, yeah, the, the suits. I think, um, I think I want to try some of this cocaine. but. <laughs> But no, I, I think this movie does perfectly and capture just that innocent kind of just bubble come rock aspect of it, you know? And again, mixing with the one hit wonder aspect of, of music, I think it, again, I mean, the positives are it's, I think Tom Hanks's direction is better than his writing because there's a lot of like cuts and things that you pick up on. And I think that, again, the characters are likable enough, even though I wish there was a little more character development, but just the whole, the movie as a whole feels very just, innocent and fun you know like i'm trying not i guess my main issue is that i've been kind of nitpicking it whereas this movie it, it just look at it as a whole don't nitpick you know it's more of one of those movies don't go into it expecting like amadeus you know such a really good musical movie about the you know inner turmoils of of what the heck, antonio salieri you know it's it's like no this is a movie about a band in the 60s who gets a one-hit wonder enjoy it you know yeah and it's a like I said, it's a mid '90s feel good family movie. Yeah, so I would give it our uh, well, okay. On a ten scale, I'm giving it a nine because I really enjoy it. Again, I have a personal thing because I like movies. I'm you know it's on streaming, so I'm gonna continue to stream it for years to come. So it's the equivalent of basically I would buy a copy if I could, but you know it's free on on streaming, so I'm going to watch it on streaming. I would I would agree actually with you right there. I might just dock it a little bit just for the characters, but other than that, yeah, I think it's a very, very well done movie. Yeah, I think Tom Hanks, again, he kind of just gives that innocent just kind of likability, you know? I think that's his big strong suit when he writes this movie. So, because we haven't really been talking a lot about Tom Hanks, but we've just been talking about the movie as a whole, but I guess it's a... It's I mean, a, it's a it, it is his movie. Yeah, so that's why I'm kind of, it's like, it's his movie, so everything we're talking about is a reflection of him, I think. So, mm. so, yeah, apparently, I don't know if he actually plays drums or not, but apparently the drum solo that Guy plays at the end that impresses Del Paxton, apparently Tom Hanks wrote that, so, cool. Impressive. But yeah, that's that's our review of That Thing You Do. I highly recommend you check it out. It is on Paramount+. Plus. I believe it was on YouTube TV. I don't know if it still is or not. Um, I, it, you watched it on Hulu. Yes, so. I did. Yeah, so, you know, I uh, I recommend y'all check it out. It's a very good movie. Alec, would you also say, what would, you, what would your final thoughts be? 
my final thoughts be uh like i said don't go into this movie like you had said with the expectations of turmoil gloom uh but kind of have like a more upbeat kind of like feel you know when you're listening to the music kind of you can get along you can get into it it's it's just a feel good movie and honestly if you're just feeling down it's a movie you can turn on and you know kind of lift yourself up a little bit sure yeah so yeah that's that's our review next week i think we're going to do the top 10 tom hanks performances you probably haven't seen because he's got a lot of movies that are really good and i don't think a lot of people have seen them so mm. which i know it's kind of an oxymoron because tom hanks is a famous actor but you know i mean how many people in the audience have actually seen sully you know so how many people how many people know about sylvester stallone sex tape i mean come on exactly so next <laughs> week we're going to review the italian stallion in no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> well we could well, we'll, but we'll do it for Valentine's Day fellas yes, we're going to live stream us watching Sylvester Stallone, Stallone's back uh, in the back in, back when that Italian staffing still had some yeah. some oomph in that in those hooves <laughs> well anyway thank you all for listening check us out on Instagram Facebook anywhere you know you, uh, if you're listening on Spotify Apple Music whatever thank you all for listening it means a lot uh, you have a good rest of your day <laughs> <laughs>